0: Mike, I'm so tired, but I don't want to have an energy drink or a cup of coffee because I fear the after effects. What if I
1: told you there was something more effective out there than energy drinks when it comes to focus and mental performance and it doesn't come with jitters, energy crashes or anything related to those side effects of caffeine amazing flavors such as pineapple and mango blueberry verdana and one of my favorites raspberry and mint now i've actually had nootropics i take these when i'm feeling a little bit low and i just need that energy boost for an afternoon meeting tell you what steve they do the trick this week we are sponsored by bright drinks bright make a wonderful new drink for better focus better concentration, alertness, with nothing artificial. Nootropics helps to improve focus and productivity without the typical side effects of caffeine
0: alone. You can discover it on brightdrinks.com, Sainsbury's, and many more. Hello, and welcome to a super extra fantabulous edition of the bad scripts podcast celebrating new year so we were only going to do three festive specials but we thought you'd been so good and kept off that naughty list that we would try and squeeze another one in for you just before the new year so whether you're listening to this in 2021 2022 or 2042 and wondering what the hell are these guys going on about welcome to the last resort. And joining me as always, the probably full of turkey Mr. Mike Collier hi Mike
1: Steve, did you practice that in the mirror before you came online I did that, not that that speech was a little bit too refined. did you practice it
0: I didn't it was off the cuff it was it was filled with the brandy and um, Bailey's um Irish other Irish liqueurs are available um and yeah, it, it kept me going. Well, how has your Christmas been? It has been fantastic. I've had a great time. I've, had, I've got more socks than you can count. Um, and, uh, you know, that's what you get as a dad, isn't it? You stop getting presents that are really exciting. You start getting the ones that are practical. It's been a good Christmas,
1: hasn't it? And, you know, it's been a weird one again. We kept going through this, but we are now entering the moment of self-reflection and resolutions and changes that we're all going to make as we enter our new year.
0: Um, One change we're not going to make, and that's bringing you the Last Resort Saga and its continuation into the next season, which will be coming to you. We can now announce in early 2022. So we're, we're not quite sure yet, February, March time. It will be coming to your ears and uh, yeah, so stay tuned for that. Lots of exciting stuff to come. We've got quite um, a lot to get through in today's episode. So sit down and get strapped in for what should prove to be quite a, quite an intense and fun episode. So, uh, Mike, are, are you ready to to hit the road and, uh, and find out what's going on at uh, Camp Holidays?
1: I believe i am uh we've done lots and lots of writing folks so um just one thing the reason why it was we've gone to four episodes there were too much story to fit in in just three small episodes and we realized that while we were writing that we had so much to cover and also building up to our wonderful and exciting second season so
0: exterior road morning Dan is stood next to the car as Donna comes into view. He walks to the back of the Metro and opens up the boot. Donna reaches him carrying a medium-sized holdall. He takes the bag from Donna and places it in the back seat of the car before returning to Donna. Uh, in you jump then. I made it comfy. Dan has spread some of his clothes around the tiny boot. Donna stares at him for a second. Um, I'll get in the boot when you're nearer the resort. I'm not lying in there for 90 minutes. Oh, you're right, yeah, right, you are. Let's go then. Interior, camp holidays, entertainment office, morning. Mark enters the office looking tanned and relaxed. He's carrying a bag full of spanish sweets and he puts down a bottle of sangria onto the desk.
1: Hola Karen, lovely to see you. How have you been?
0: Oh, hey Mark. <laughs> hey, nice to have you back. How were your holidays? Oh, it was great.
1: So relaxing. Got some sunshine and read some books. Really puts things in perspective when you know you take a step back from things.
0: And uh, holiday romance too.
1: Nah, nah. <laughs> nothing like that. How are you? How's the boys been getting on?
0: Oh, all good here, Mark, and the lads have been working hard. They've even painted your office. And Kirsty's giving it a clean too. Excellent.
1: I've, now, I've got you some Hungarian sweets for the office. Is my mail and messages on my desk.
0: All nicely piled up for you. Don't think
1: I like the sound of that. <laughs> uh, well, I'd better get to it then.
0: Oh, um, Alan called too. Mark stops and turns around.
1: Did he leave a message?
0: Yeah, let, let me find it. Here. I've got it here in a minute. Wrote it down somewhere. Karen rummages around her desk, looking for the bit of paper. It goes on for some time as Mark stands watching.
1: I'll tell you what. If you find it, just, just bring it through.
0: Oh, I, I can remember. He said there's loads of ice lollies coming.
1: Ice lollies?
0: That's strange.
1: Are you sure?
0: One hundred percent. He called and said to tell you there's a couple of hundred lollies coming. Like a promotion? It must be. Oh, OK. All right. Well, uh, I'll see you in a bit. Exterior. Camp holidays. Morning. The brown Rover Metro pulls into the chalet car park having successfully transported Donna in through the boot. Dan turns the engine off and gets out of the car. He walks to the chalet, whistling in a carefree manner, and he opens the chalet door. Interior, Camp Holidays, Chalet, morning. Robin is sat on the couch eating cereal as Dan immediately sits next to him. Oh, you made it back in one piece then? How was it? Ah, great, great. And how's Donna? Donna? Donna! A look of horror, panic, flashes across his Dan's face. Ah, shit! Dan jumps up, causing Robin to spill his cereal down himself, and launches out of the door. What the shit, Dan? You moron! Exterior. Camp holidays, morning. Dan runs to the boot and pops it open. Donna, looking flustered and cramped, her hair all messed up, sits up and blinks as the lights dazzle her. Oh, what the hell happened, Dan? You forgot about me. No, 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 I was just making sure coast was clear. Dan helps her out of the boot and she smooths out her clothes. In the distance, Robin comes to the door and looks over. We zoom to him. Oh great, another bloody roommate. He then waves camply to Donna, feigning excitement. Ooh, Donna! He waves madly. Donna waves back. Oi, shut up, you'll get us caught. Interior, Mark's office, morning. Mark is making his way through his mail and splitting them into two trays, one marked later and the other now. Most of the mail is going into the later pile. Karen enters and puts down a cup of coffee. How are you, piles?
1: <laughs> uh, a bit itchy, but I'll, I'll live.
0: This joke goes over Karen's head. The phone starts ringing and Mark answers.
1: Entertainment's office, this is Mark. Oh, hi, Alan. Yeah. Yeah, lovely, thanks. Uh, Yeah, just got back. We're getting there. Still lots to do, but, you know, we have a few weeks before we need to start planning. What's happening tomorrow?
0: Hold on. Hold on. Karen did pass your message along. Oh, really? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's not a problem. We'll
1: be ready. Okay, then. Yeah, gotta go. Okay then. Yep.
0: Bye. Mark puts down the phone and stares at the wall. He takes a deep breath before looking at Karen. Karen sips loudly from her mug. Everything alright? That message. What, what did Alan say exactly, Karen? Like I told you, there's 150 lollies coming.
1: Think back, Karen. What were his exact words?
0: Karen, deep in thought, takes another sip from her mug. Her lips turn red as a sangria stains them. He said there'd be 150 sun lollies coming here. Mark breathes deeply. A and, new and sun lolly? Oh, it's at uh, travel agents. One hundred
1: and fifty. Sun Lolly travel agents are coming here for a three-day seminar tomorrow.
0: A lot of emotions run across Karen's face as the realisation sinks in. She takes another sip and then downs the lot. Well, what do we do?
1: Call everyone.
0: Wow. Yes, so, <laughs> lots to digest there um uh, from those few scenes that we've had so donna's now on site she's she's been snooking snooking snuck
1: in, in inspired by you steve when you used to um, hide in the boot to get in on resort
0: that was before i worked there that's right yeah and um mark's back from his holiday he's had a bit of a break gone off and had some fun in the sun and he's come back and uh yeah found out that suddenly there's going to be a seminar in two days time that's quite the uh it's quite the ask for uh resort with no staff and uh...
1: <laughs> and nothing, so 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 we dropped this in, didn't we, in an earlier episode? So f- for those that have been following the story, if you remember our our episode, was it the Halloween special that was dropped in? Yeah, so the Halloween going right back to Halloween, um, Karen intercepts a call by Alan telling her that there was 150 sun lollies coming in, and uh, and she just didn't get his shorthand. She didn't get what he was saying. And she's passed that message on to Mark and now they're all arriving. And what, what he said, obviously, am I mansplaining right now? Is that what I'm doing? I think, I think what, what I'm doing is harking back to our Halloween special that the call came in then and now it's come to fruition.
0: Absolutely. So who's keen to find out what happened next? Let's jump straight back in. Interior entertainment's office morning. Wayne, Judy, Daisy, Eddie, Karen and the remaining camp coats are stood in the office. Mark's in problem-solving mode.
1: So that's the situation we're faced with. We have no catering, limited housekeeping, entertainment support staff and time. What can we do to help Mark? We need all hands on deck. We've got less than 24 hours before they arrive. Here's what we'll do. Wayne, pick up with housekeeping to align the rooms. We'll need at least eight to clean and good to go. Daisy, can you make some phone calls to local catering, see what they can do to on short notice?
0: Uh, What can I do?
1: Judy, you're on entertainment duty. You can pull together a schedule and some shows. Lads, help her out.
0: Adam, Robin and Dan all nod their heads. Eddie,
1: I'll need you to get the venues ready, PA systems up and running, and you'll need to get out all the chairs and tables. See Bob can help you out. What about me? You're here with me. I need you manning the office and pull together the budget. God knows how much all this will cost. Any questions?
0: Everyone shakes their heads.
1: It's a curveball, guys. But we're always at our best when we're under pressure. Let's do the best we can, solve problems, not create them, and really pull together. If you have any issues, call the office and you'll get Karen or me.
0: There's silence. Any questions? More silence. No? Well, okay then. On you go. Exterior, Camp Resort, Car Park, morning. Alan has just arrived and is exiting his car. Wayne quickly approaches him carrying a clipboard. Alan, nice to see you again. I've got your list of things here, and we are working through them right now. Of course, I've organised the staff and got the place working like a well-oiled machine. Where's Mark? I thought he'd be meeting me. Yeah, he's been called to some urgent thing in housekeeping, so I'm here to give you the tour. Right. Well,
1: I guess I'll have to deal with a monkey if the organ grinder is indisposed. Lead the way.
0: Wayne extends an arm, gesticulating that the walk towards the large main marquee building at the centre of the resort. So I've got everyone doing a specific role, organised with military position.
1: Good, good. I know our week wasn't much notice.
0: Yeah, I mean, until I got involved, things were, weren't going too well, but I saw the issues and have made it right. Wayne pulls open the door. I think you'll be impressed. Interior, marquee building, day. The building is a busy mess. A cherry picker scales one of the large support struts. Gary and Colin are slowly hanging lights from the supporting arms 30 feet into the air. Karen is careering along on a ride-on floor polisher, leaving waxy residue and bubbles in her wake. Various other members of the support staff are painting welcome signs and fixing things. The place is a disaster zone. The sound and lighting system lies in pieces with wires and leads strewn everywhere. Eddie looks perplexed as he's untangling cables as quickly as he can. Wayne proceeds to pull out a king-size peppered sausage snack from his back pocket, unwrapping it and taking a massive bite. How's it looking, Eddie? Eddie looks up, shakes his head and gets back to untangling the vast amount of knotted leads. Wayne sprays sausage meat everywhere. See? All under control. Alan stands in disbelief.
1: Under control? This place is not a shit show. What the hell have you all been playing at? This event is a special favour for the new owners, who happens to be the CEO of Sun Lolly Travel. I assured him you could handle this. And it looks like an episode of Noel's bloody house party in here.
0: It's, it's all just last minute touches, Alan. Titillation. It'll be fine in an hour or two. Alan sits briefly on a small wall leading to the bar area, removes his glasses and rubs his temples. Jesus H. Christ, it better be Wayne or God help you. Where are all the camp coats Staff, is there enough? It's, it's closed season, Alan. We're lucky there was anyone on site. It's only the contract balls up them that we had any of them. Wayne points at Adam and Dan, who are painting a large Welcome Sun Lolly sign.
1: What country balls up? And what on earth is that meant to be?
0: Alan is pointing at the sign that Adam and Dan are painting. Dan looks over and waves at Alan as he marches over with Wayne following. What is that? Uh, that is, it's an umbrella and a coconut in it. I thought I'd make it all tropical.
1: An umbrella and a coconut? Is that what you can see, Wayne? What do you think that looks like?
0: (laughs) It looks like a giant cock and balls. A giant knob indeed. Adam and Dan look down. Adam nods his head in agreement, whereas Dan clearly can't see it. Well, I was going with the beach theme. If I paint them, it it should be okay. Don't bother.
1: Get rid of it. It looks shit. No offence.
0: Dan takes offence as Adam starts to roll it up. Alan turns back to Wayne.
1: You can't run a resort with minimum staff, Wayne. You're going to have to find some manpower. What can we do?
0: We called everyone, Alan. We're arranged catering and housekeeping is done. Well, where are you short? The coats. It's just Tweedledee, Dumb and Dumber at the moment. We need a few more to cover the hours, you know.
1: Well, get some in then. Offer a
0: bonus or something. Uh, I have an idea, my alp. Um, don't interrupt us. The big boys are talking here.
1: <laughs> Only your waistband tells you to that description, Telly Tubby. I'm sorry, young man. You were saying,
0: <laughs> Telly Tubby. <laughs> Just get on with it, Dan. What's your bright idea? Wayne takes another resentful bite from his snack. Well, my my bird, I mean, uh, my girlfriend. Only lives an hour and a half away. Bet she could be here mega quick. She's dead good at presenting that.
1: Well, at least someone's showing some initiative today.
0: Dan, was it? Thanks, yeah, she'll be well up for it. Alan stands up from the wall.
1: Then it's settled. You find your good lady and get her down here. Wayne, do whatever you can to rustle up some more people. Hire some of those hippies from the caravan site if
0: you have to. Alan turns to Dan and gives him a friendly slap on the arm. As he walks away, he reveals a large stripe of paint on the back of his trousers, where it has been sat on the freshly painted poster. Wayne spots this, and a panic look spreads across his face. Uh, right, yeah. Wayne storms off and shouts something derogatory at Colin and Gary, as he makes a hasty exit before Alan notices the freshly acquired stain. Oh, and well, Wayne, tell
1: Mark I'm on my way up. That's if he can spare five minutes in his busy schedule.
0: Interior, chalet, morning. Dan has somehow obtained a large whiteboard and is adorned with an elaborate plan, like something from a heist movie. Adam and Donna are sat on the couch watching TV. Dan is hurriedly adding pieces of paper and crude drawings to the whiteboard. Robin enters the lounge and collapses into the lone armchair. What nice of you to join us, mate. Oh, Jesus, Dan. Where do you get your energy from? I'm absolutely knackered. Excuse me if I took five minutes to have a shower. We don't all like to smell at the inside of a wrestler's jockstrap.
1: Give it a rest, you two. I hate seeing you both bicker. Look, come on, show some love.
0: <laughs> I'll cut this one. Gets laid and he's suddenly caring what everyone else is doing. Listen, as you all know, I've personally convinced the top brass that we absolutely need Donneria to get her through this event. We were there when Alan said that, you know. Well, I think it's dead sweet. Going to the very top to find a way to get me here legitimately. Thanks, babe. Right, as you can see, I put together a plan. What will get Donna on site as I arranged. Dan points to a crude picture of the local area. We can see the resort, the local town and various landmarks. Like in that great old film about the train robbery. the, The great train robbery. Yeah, what what was it called? Oh, I can't even. You should watch it, mate. Was well good. Not very realistic, though. Dan, what's the plan, mate? Okay, so we're going to need some large blankets, cable ties, industrial sized battery. Oh, and a goat. Dan, I love you more than you could ever know. But how the heck are we going to find the goat at this notice in the middle of winter at the seaside? Robin rubs his temples. Are you really expecting us to undertake all of this hijinks just to get your girlfriend off resort and back on again, all without getting caught? No offence, Dan, my lovely, but I can barely stand up. Never mind getting involved in one of your stupid schemes. I'm out.
1: Well, I've got your back, matey. What do you need me to do?
0: Robin stands up and walks to the kitchen area and pours himself a glass of orange juice. Thanks, bud. I need you to dress up as a woman and create a distraction at the security office so we can wrap Donna up in blankets and put her into the outgoing mail. Right? Then the lorry leaves, we can incept it with the goat, setting it loose in from the middle of the road. We slip in the back of the van, get Donna out, put her on a bus home so she can get the train back to here. Finally, Wayne's going to pick her up from the station. Job done. Um, Is this going to be safe? Of course, babe. I've got it all under control.
1: Uh, just one question. What are the cable ties for?
0: For my room. What with the TV, video and N64 all on the dresser. I need the cables better organised. Adam laughs. Donna sniggers too. And Dan joins in with them. Have you planned all this out in the, like the last 20 minutes? I've always got an escape plan, no matter what. Robin puts down a glass of orange juice and rolls his eyes. <sighs> okay, here's an idea. Robin approaches the whiteboard, snatches the pen from Dan's hand and wipes the drawings from the board. He then writes in bold letters, Take her out the way you got her in, numbnuts. He clips the lid back on the pen before patronisingly placing it into Dan's hand. Dan stands with his mouth wide open. Adam and Donna look at each other and both get to their feet. To be fair, it is as simple a solution. Oh, you've still got Karen's metro keys, right? You got to admit, mate, it's a better idea. Dan looks crestfallen. Picks up the metro keys and jingles them slightly.
1: So you drop her at the south entrance to the station. Donna, you can then cross the platforms and meet Wayne at the main entrance.
0: Well, it's it's a bit boring, but fine. It's agreed then. Fab. Good luck. I'm going for a lie down. Um. Before you go, mate, can I uh, borrow your mobile? Uh, What for? I've got to phone the petting zoo and cancel the goat. Exterior, train station, noon. Wayne is stood by his Jeep at the station entrance, awaiting Don's arrival. He looks at his watch and stares intently into the foyer. (sighs) Where the fuck is she? In the background, we see the brown metro Speed into the side street and disappear from view, an action that Wayne is oblivious to. We follow the vehicle as it screeches to a halt. Dan jumps out and races around to open the boot. He helps Donna out as she grabs her handbag. Uh, do we need to talk about the plan one more time? I think I've got it. I'm walking through there and out to the front. OK, I am really going to miss you. Donna giggles and sees being serious. I'll literally see you in 20 minutes, you woolly. Oh, yeah. Now, off you pop back to resort. You've got to beat us back there. Dan gives Donna a kiss and runs back to the car. Oh, and Dan... Dan stops. Act like you've not seen me for a while. Dan winks and gets into the car, reversing out and blowing a kiss. Donna walks into the station. We follow her through as she passes the platforms, over the small bridge and out to the foyer. Exterior, train station, noon. We cut back to Wayne, who spots Donna walking towards him. She reaches him after a few seconds. Hi, Wayne. I've been waiting ages. We haven't got time for this. Jump in. Wayne looks around. Where's your stuff? "Um, Well, um, it's just my handbag. What? I didn't have time to pack. I I would have missed my train. What are you going to do for clothes and stuff? Oh, my dad's going to drop it off later. Wayne climbs into the Jeep. Why, why didn't he just bring you then? Well, he, he's working. All right, I don't care. Get in. I need to stop by firecracker chicken on the way back. I've hardly eaten today. Donna opens the passage door and out falls an avalanche of assorted fast food containers and wrappers. The Jeep is an absolute mess. Wayne smiles at Donna's expression and she sits on her handbag, grimacing at the smell and mess. Lovely. Well,
1: yeah. I, so, I did say uh, she
0: she she grim- she smiles at, at Donna's expression, and she sits on her handbag, but we actually wrote, on her handbag. So that's... On that's... a
1: hand... Oh, no, I see that. <laughs> on a handbag. What's a handbag? I don't know. <laughs> Sounds painful.
0: These...
1: Well, it's still a bad script. <laughs> um, so uh, the heist never quite worked out the way it should work out, really.
0: No, I think it... It was one of those things where maybe Dan got a little bit carried away in his idea and and the notion that he could create some sort of uh, uh, let's say elaborate plan to to sneak her in, sneak her out and in again. But at the end of the day, simplicity wins. And, uh...
1: So what I mean, what's the what? So he sneaked her in, and then almost immediately, then said she could get rehired again. What's the worst that could happen if they didn't do all of that? And. I mean, it wasn't common for management to pick you up at the train station, but I think this is exceptional circumstances, isn't it? That they're panicking and doing whatever they can do.
0: Well, I think that's the thing. And I think they probably wouldn't have been in that much trouble anyway. It would have worked out. But you know what? I don't know about you, but at the time, there was a sense of fear of, you know, I can't can't be seen to be breaking the rules. So um, we'll do what we can to remain in the good books because... uh, you know, there's plenty of time. We've seen Sam go for for smacking somebody. We're all there by a whisper, a whisker, not a whisper. But
1: of, but of course, we also know that you were sneaking through a boot. So there's a, there's a story there,
0: isn't there? Exactly.
1: There's truth to to that.
0: Exactly. And you know, if you listen back to our our video special that we did with the with our guests uh, way back last year, then you'll be able to to hear all about that story. Exterior, Camp Resort, Main Entrance, Afternoon. A procession of coaches draws through the archway and around the impressively pruned roundabout, pulling up outside the reception building. Alan, Mark, Wayne, Judy and the campcoats are lined up awaiting the first visitor's de-embarkation. A bubbly looking woman in a neatly pressed travel uniform steps out of the coach carrying a clipboard. She has an air of authority about her. Wayne immediately breathes in and tries to make himself look more presentable. Judy spots this and tries not to laugh. Breathe, Wayne, or you'll pass out. The woman approaches. Um, and which one of you is Alan? Uh, that would be me. Uh, hello and welcome. You must be... Uh, Bernice. It's been a very long journey. I've got 150 girls needing the facilities. Can we start the check in process right away? I sent all the names and room pairings via email, so I trust all is in order. You
1: take the high road (laughs) now, take the low road. It it, it feels like, what what was that
0: sitcom? Take the high road. Take the high road was exactly the one. Of a soap, wasn't it? Like a daytime soap. Yeah, like a kind of, yeah,
1: like wobbly sets and stuff like (laughs) that. A bit crossroadsy, yeah. So, Benice is from Take the High road. Yeah,
0: it seems like that way, doesn't it? I love it. Or Balamori, it could be either. Alan looks straight at Mark.
1: Yes, Karen has all the keys over there in reception. We'll make it as fast as possible. Meanwhile, we'll have one of our camp coaches show the girls to the toilets. Uh, Donna?
0: Bernice looks straight past Mark and starts yelling at the bus. No, get back on the coach. We're not ready yet. There's a process in place as well, you know. So go and sit down in your allocated seat, Kimberly. So, slight change of plan with our itinerary. Damn trainer came down with a tummy bug. Poor thing. So we've had to get creative. We'll need another venue and some helpers to facilitate. I trust that won't be a problem.
1: Of course, it's fine. We're here to, of course, it's fine. We're here to make your stay as comfortable as possible. Nothing is too much trouble.
0: Well, We'll see, won't we? So lead the way. I'll oversee the check-in process. Uh, Girls, you may disembark. There is a lot of motion on the coaches as a steady stream of attractive young women step off excitedly, smiling and giggling. A large smile passes across Adam's face.
1: Is this what heaven looks like? Oh, man.
0: (laughs) It looks like hell to me. Not necessarily. Adam points out a group of young guys who are walking in and amongst the throes of travel agents, Robin's eyes light up. Ooh, Now we're talking. Interior, main venue, same afternoon. Judy is on stage in the packed venue full of excited 18-year-old apprentice travel agents. She's introducing the team and explaining how the following days will proceed.
1: And finally, please give a massive cheer for your world famous camp coats: Donna, Dan, Adam and Robin.
0: The crowd cheers and screams as the team line up on the stage. Adam is pointing and winking at the girls in the audience, enjoying the attention. Robin has his hands in the air, waving, and Donna smiles and claps. Dan runs full speed to the centre of the stage, composes himself and does a backflip. The venue goes crazy and the crowd begins screaming.
1: Now let me hand you over to your regional manager and travel agent of the year in 1992, 93 and 96 respectively,
0: Bernice. Bernice walks onto the stage and takes the mic from Judy. Oh, I remember when I was that flexible. If all goes well, I may well do my famous banana split routine. The venue immediately goes quiet. The atmosphere created disappearing. Now settle down and listen. We do have some important rules to follow whilst we're here in the residence. Point to write down, your mandatory health and safety briefing will take place here at 8am sharp. Breakfast will be served between 7am and 7.30. For your sake, don't be late. There will be no fraternising of any kind. Alcohol is strictly prohibited. The beach is out of bounds and curfew will be at 11pm with no exceptions. Any breach of these rules will be dealt with swiftly and harshly. Remember, you are representing Sun Lolly. So I expect the best behaviour whilst we remain guests here. If you have any problems, see your team lead, who will escalate to me if required. All that's left for me to say is, for a holiday that's jolly, travel sun lolly. Now, everybody with me? For a holiday that's jolly, jolly. Tra- travel travels. with some sun lolly. lolly he repeats this makes everyone say it the crowd do it but not very enthusiastically
1: that was, that was a that was a very good accent there steve i was really enjoying that for uh reminded me very much of mrs doubtfire is that is that, <laughs> are you honing mrs doubtfire there? I, I mean
0: I, if you're going to if you're going to pick at scottish accents then um yeah you know, I can't, we'll I can't. <laughs> <laughs> no, maybe we'll... that's really good that's
1: really good that's probably my favorite yeah actually
0: her accent will probably move around the Scottish Isles and probably into Ireland and Wales by the end of the book. You,
1: you, play, you, play, uh, you play Karen and Bernice so well that they are literally my favourite character, uh, oh. characters now. So Karen and Bernice
0: are up there. That's fantastic. Well, I, you know, I, th- I think it's wonderful that you're enjoying them. Interior and exterior, various venues the next day. All of the resort venues are full of Sonali agents. There are various seminars and trust exercises going on. We see our camp coast hosting and encouraging participants. Some are running sports day type events. Others are helping to set up venues with banners and stands for the visiting speakers. This is all set to fast paced, high energy music. We see the toll the workload is having on the various camp coast faces. Some of the shots appear in double speed which shows the exhausting pace and maintaining the level of support required. So that's a, a montage scene, something we've not seen in bad scripts before, um, but something that is a kind of, a, I guess, a vehicle, Mike, to to show just the intensity of what's going on without having to have, you know, 10 pages of activity.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think I think. Well, I, I I would say our audience got a bit of flavour of what's going on there. That there is tons and tons of stuff happening. You know, you have got one hundred and fifty people plus sports staff, so it's fast paced. It's quick. Um, I think that's quite a you know an obvious way to move the scenes forward. Otherwise, otherwise, we'd have to break it down constantly.
0: Interior chalet, night. Dan and Donna are lying on the couch. A girl tiptoes behind them, followed closely by Adam. She stops and hugs him and then leaves the chalet. Dan and Donna look at Adam, who smiles and walks back to his room. There's a knock at the door. Dan gets up to answer. Does he see a different girl stood there? Is Adam here? Uh, down the old first door on the left. Thanks. The girl enters the chalet and walks towards Adam's room. Dan looks at Donna and shrugs. Interior, exterior, various venues the next day. Another montage scene as the management, camp coats and various other members of staff compile the required supplies to keep demands met. Dan is asleep in a chair and Donna comes along and knocks his feet off a railing as he takes a five minute nap. Adam is leaning against the back of some chairs, talking to a group of girls in full flirtation mode. Robin walks past and drags Adam away. Adam mimes a call me gesture to the Sun Lolly girls. So Adam seems to be like, is he over Sam all of a sudden, do we think?
1: No, he's definitely not over Sam. He's just, he's hes following Robin's advice. If you remember the last episode, Robin says, just chill out. And, you know, Adam was with Kirsty and... She didn't want him, and that was a bit of a turning point for, for Adam, wasn't it? Where Adam's like, well, i just do whatever I want to do, and I think Adam's just embraced it.
0: So we think he's sort of, he's, going, he's working hard on the kind of rebound.
1: I think he's rebelling. I think he's rebelling against everything that happened. Um, I think that he is lost.
0: Interior. Mark's office evening. Alan is sat in Mark's chair and has removed his tie and his shoes and is rubbing his feet. He takes a sip from a large whiskey tumbler. His phone at his ear.
1: Wait, is Alan rubbing Mark's feet or his own feet? That's
0: not I think I, don't, I don't think he's. <laughs> which, which, I don't which, think, which, think he's rubbing Mark's feet. I think well, that would Alan, be very weird.
1: Alan is sat in Mark's chair. Is Mark there? Mark is there, isn't he? no
0: i don't oh it may be yeah he is but
1: mark is there mark is there so is alan rubbing mark's feet
0: no that's definitely not happening
1: he's rubbing his own feet
0: he's rubbing his own feet mark is having to probably lean on the on a cabinet or something because i think whenever alan goes into mark's office there's kind of a power play where he will sit in mark's chair as if Uh, well when i'm here this is my office kind of behavior
1: yeah that's just that's bad writing I blame the writers for that one. We should uh, definitely they they have are Alan
0: shocking. Have a word with they them. They are terrible, terrible Fr- writers. Terrible. Fire the lot of them, that's what I say. Exactly. <laughs> Not
1: on my watch. You wouldn't get this on my watch. I'd have Alan rubbing Mark's feet and his lobes. Very, very slowly. Yes, Glenn, of course. We'll spare no expense. Alan puts the phone back on the receiver. What was that all about? We need to do better. What is the plan for New Year? Well, the codes are going to put on a game show and Dan is on, you know, like DJ duties. Alan rolls this over. It's not good enough. We need to go bigger. Bernice appears
0: at the door. Knock, knock. Not uh, interrupting, am I? Both Alan and Mark sit up. Alan immediately moves the bottle of whiskey to under his desk and subtly hides the glass behind a stack of papers. Uh, what can we do for you, Benice? Or oh, Well, I was actually here to see Alan. Alan, do you, uh, do you have a moment? Of course. There is an awkward silence, as both of them look at Mark, who finally gets the hint.
1: Right, well, uh, I should be
0: checking up on the team. I'll, I'll, I'll... Bye. Mark quickly leaves, as Bernice takes his seat. I wanted to speak to you personally and well. And whilst I appreciate the young Donna chaperoning me and seeing to our requirements, I feel that coming to you directly would be, you know, more appropriate. You're not happy? Well, there's a few elements that aren't quite up to my usual standards. Well,
1: we can't be having that. Tell me what you would like. And I promise I will move heaven and earth to make it happen.
0: Well, the food is subpar at best. You can start there. We expect something quite special tomorrow night. I'm surprised I've yet to hear what the plan is for our promised New Year celebration, you know? Well, we're working on something
1: very, very special. As for the food, we're thinking pizzas,
0: burgers and salads. Alan watches Benice's face scrunch up as he says this.
1: "I'm not going to be on the menu. We're considering Indian."
0: She scrunches her face again.
1: "Chinese, Tex-Mex, you know, uh that kind of thing.
0: Hmm. Around the world buffet. Now that does sound intriguing. What about the evening entertainment though?
1: Planning something a bit different to bring the new year in.
0: I promise you Benice. You will not be disappointed. Good, good. Now, how about you pour me one of those? Bernice points to where his glass is hiding. He picks up the bottle and pours a shot.
1: I don't have a mixer. I hope that's okay.
0: Eh? I prefer it neat and strong. They clink their glasses and both take a sip. Bernice's eyes are on Alan the entire time. So, is there a, uh, a Mrs. Alan? Occasionally. Bernice downs her drink and extends the glass. Alan obliges and pours another. Do well tomorrow. And I will write camp an exemplary report. Can you guarantee that? No, but then you strike me as the kind of man who does well when his back is
1: against the ropes. Well, I do enjoy a challenge. I like to be on top all the time.
0: Me and you both. They both drink and Alan pours another.
1: Anything else I can do for your happiness, Bernice?
0: Oh, I'm sure you'll think of something. They both stare intently at each other as we fade out. Got got a bit shivery that, didn't it?
1: (laughs) Wait, what what, what, what was shivery?
0: It was a bit like the way they were talking. There was definite (laughs) flirtation going on there.
1: I think uh, I think Bernice has obviously uh, got a thing for Alan. I think Alan is his self preservation's kicking in for Alan. He's like, oh, how can I exploit this situation? He's a businessman, isn't he? That's what he's going to do. He's going to just jump all over everything. So,
0: not but well. When I say well, jump all over everything, I don't mean. <laughs> I don't well, quite mean like that, or maybe uh, I do. Maybe that's what exactly what's happening. We don't know. Let's find out. Interior, Camp Holiday's entertainment office. The next day. Alan and Mark are sat in chairs at a small table. They appear to be looking at a schedule. The title, New Year's Eve, is written in bold on the top. The paper is blank apart from this. Come on, Mark. You're the entertainment professional. What have you got? Think big.
1: Well, what about party games? Bigger. We could do a pub quiz. Everyone loves those. Uh, you know, Price could be a, a free weekend here. No, Mark. That's all camp. You've got to think 21st century.
0: Mark stares at the sheet of paper, then looks up at Alan. I'm sorry, Alan. You've got nothing. I've been up for over 48 hours. Alan
1: sighs. I know, Mark. You've done great so far. We've all had to make some sacrifices. What do you mean? Oh, don't ask questions you really don't want to know the answer to. Mark
0: looks puzzled, then the penny drops.
1: Jesus. Look, let's get back to the matter at hand. So what do you suggest? Brainstorming session. Call
0: you guys right now. Interior, camp Resort, Dance Studio. Morning. The studio is strewn with members of staff, some standing, others sat on the wooden floor, facing the wall to wall mirrors. Alan and Mark are stood at the front of the room. Alan clears his throat to gain everyone's attention.
1: (coughs) Okay, thank you, yes. I understand everyone is tired, but we have one final challenge to overcome and that is putting on a New Year's party the likes of which we have never seen. I'd like your best ideas. We need your creativity, first things first.
0: Karen, update on the food situation, please. Uh, I've got orders in with every local takeaway. They should be here at 7pm sharp. If the pizzas are late, we get them for free. We're not, we're, no, we're not supplying pizzas, Karen. Indian, Chinese and Tex only. Karen slowly stands up. Oh, um, I just remembered something. Be back soon. Karen literally runs out of the room. Alan turns back to the team.
1: Ideas. Go. Anyone.
0: You. Dan. Uh, like, uh, we could do a strip dance like them, that Monty film. Did, uh, the Monty
1: film? Do they strip in the life of Brian? No. He means the full Monty. Okay. Dan has started us off. What next?
0: Um, what about uh, Fancy Dress? Great idea. I don't think they've bought costumes with them. Well, we have a wardrobe full of them, right? Any chances that happening Ne Fence Alan? man? Well, we've got lots of bedsheets. Maybe we can use them. Yeah, we could cut eye holes in them. Um, everyone could be ghosts. Or, I'm cursed by the way, or
1: we could have a toga party instead. Great idea. Brilliant. Now we need entertainment. No game shows or quizzes. What have you got? Uh,
0: What about a
1: live band? Unless you have not noticed, Wayne, it's New Year's Eve. Where are we going to find
0: a top-notch band that's not already booked? Well, we can't. But it just so happens that I've got a few contacts and I'm owed a few favours. If you're willing to dig deep and pay, I'll get you someone great.
1: Do it. Pay what's needed. Wayne gets up and leaves. Okay, Mark. I'll leave the rest up to you. You know what to do. Judy, put me something special together. The coats can be the warm-up act. Dan, you're on DJ duties after. You've got six hours to choreograph, rehearse, and be ready for tonight. Guys, make me proud.
0: Interior, entertainment venue, night. A final montage scene. Highlighting key points from the evening, such as the Camcote variety show and the band with everyone on the dance floor. Alan is stood watching on smiling, with Bernice stood with him. Mark and Wayne are in the wings watching the band, and we see Mark pat Wayne on the back. Dan is in the DJ booth wearing a party hat, glow sticks around his neck, as midnight approaches. Three, two, one... Happy, Happy New Year! Year! Woo! The venue erupts as everyone cheers and hugs. Donna gets into the DJ booth and kisses Dan. Bernice throws herself on Alan, snogging him madly. Robin hugs a muscular looking travel agent. Kirsty embraces Karen, her Happy New Year dingle boppers bounce merrily on her head. Adam, surrounded by girls, is seen drinking a shot out of a belly button. He yells into the air triumphantly as a different girl grabs him from behind and kisses him. Interior, chalet, early hours, New Year's Day. Dan is slumped on the sofa in his lounge pants and a knockoff Burberry jumper. He sips a beer and is watching the royal family and laughing out loud. The chalet door rattles as a key is clumsily inserted into it, we hear giggling and the door burst open to reveal Adam stood with two young women dressed in togas. They stumble through the hallway into the lounge. Dan jumps to his feet in shock at the sudden home invasion.
1: Uh, hey, buddy. Uh, happy New Year, mate. Uh, this is Tracy and.
0: Adam clicks his fingers trying to recall. Zoe.
1: Zoe! Yes, uh, Tracy and Zoe. This is the Dan the Man.
0: They both giggle and wave at Dan.
1: Is that bottle of snap still in the cupboard?
0: Adam walks into the kitchen and finds it.
1: Way! We're in luck,
0: girls. Dan walks to the kitchen. Are you all right, mate? I am peachy. Dan looks over at the two girls, who are talking between themselves. I never want a cock block, mate, but... Are you sure you want to do this? Adam taps Dan on the face.
1: I am living my best life, buddy. Might want to wear some earplugs. It's going to get loud in here. Right, ladies. My room, down there. Shots on me, and I mean, on me.
0: Adam lifts his top and shows off his glistening abs. The girls giggle as Adam leaves them to his room. Happy New Year, matey. Interior camp resort, dance studio, morning, bright sunshine cascades through the skylights, bouncing off the mirrors, creating a golden glow around the busy room. There are lots of people gathered, all chattering and gesticulating to each other. Everyone is adorned in newly designed camp coat uniforms, looking very smart and modern. At the front of the room stands Mark, Wayne, Judy and the rest of the management team including some new faces. Welcome, everyone. It's nice to see so many
1: faces and some old ones too as we embark on an exciting new chapter for camp holidays. For those of you who don't know the management team, we have Wayne, our newly appointed entertainment manager, Judy, who is the head of performance, Daisy leads the wardrobe, and we're very lucky to welcome our brand new artistic director, direct from the West End production of X-Men The Musical,
0: Mr. Bernie Decosta. There is an audible whoop and gasp from all of the new camp Who'll
1: be with us in a few days. Now, as you've seen, we've grown in size this year and have a larger team to match. Our giant ambitions of making camp the UK's number one holiday destination. To that end, we've decided to add an extra level of management. In order to provide additional support and guidance for you
0: on new camp coats. Mark looks around to see where this person is as the door at the back opens. Everyone's head slowly turns as we hear the footsteps echoing on the shiny wooden floor. We close up on Dan's face, whose mouth is wide open. We close up on Donna's face, who looks confused. The steps get louder and louder. We close-up on Adam's face, who clearly mails the word, fuck. Hello, boys. I'm back. End of scene. End of season? End of season. The Well, we're, we're literally at the point where the new season's starting, so that last scene has jumped a few weeks in from the New Year's Eve to all of the new camp coats are there, and they're all getting... You know, they're there for their first day of training. They're, you know, inauguration. They're all wearing their new uniforms, ready to go. And that last revelation, if anybody hasn't noticed or or doesn't recognize the person that's coming in as the brand new camp coat supervisor, will you put them out of their misery and tell them who it is, please? (laughs) Kelly's (laughs) back. (laughs) She has returned, so no wonder... Adam was not impressed, and all the, the returning camp coats don't look very happy either, really.
1: I'm I'm looking forward to Kelly coming back, to be honest with you. I think uh, she's gonna add a like I I miss Kelly in these episodes because I think she just brings something to it, you know, her own sensibility, and um, you know, maybe that's why I've enjoyed Bernice so much. Yeah, you know, it's like but she's been given power now, she's got she's she's a supervisor so if you think of what Kelly was like in the last series.
0: Yeah. And she had no authority then, did she? So, yeah. so now and we haven't
1: written. written it yet, by the way. So we have no idea what she's going to be like, because we haven't <laughs> written the next season yet. We've got to write that before we release it. So, um, but, but one thing we did want to do was um, we wanted to give everyone their kind of comeuppance in this episode. Probably people have realized a few characters that are missing. Oh, Such as uh, well, Pete is, is noticeably missing, and we we mentioned earlier on that that Pete and Robin have now split up. Yeah, and uh, and thank God for that that I don't have to do that god awful Welsh accent anymore because <laughs> Daisy had one line, and I still managed to mess that one up.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, look, the thing is, we might see them again. You never know. It, we never say never. Um, here at Bad Script, so you know, don't uh, don't assume they that they they're gone forever. But for now, Pete has um has left and moved away, um, and uh, yeah, Daisy Daisy's taking a back seat but I'm feeling that Daisy's going to take a much more central role in season two. So, oh all of those that have enjoyed Mike's Geordie accent, then don't worry because she will be returning.
1: I'm sure everyone will will also appreciate the fact that you did a much better Scottish accent. You were very Highland, very very St Andrews, Fife kind of way. Um, I've got to say, Steve, really well done for that because I thought you you really brought that.
0: That's very very kind of you to say so. I mean, I'm, I've I've spent a bit of time in Scotland, not not anywhere near as much as yourself, but um, but you know, we we try and do our best for these things. No, um, it's true, and
1: you always play it so safe you know with your accent so it's nice to take you uh you know that you step out a little bit and do something a bit more risky (laughs) that was like a
0: double-handed compliment wasn't it it was like here i'm going to slap you in the in the in the in the face for it as well but listen those are those people that have been listening since the early days will remember that i did originally voice daisy in like the first or second episode and it wasn't until after that that you took over so you know not to say that i wasn't happy to be out there but i already do you know um, quite a lot of voices, so we thought it's only fair to to let you have uh, flex your vocal muscles.
1: Well, this is true, and here we are—the end of the season. This is it, folks. Officially, season one is now complete.
0: Yes, it is, and it w- it, we would go amiss if we didn't have a little bit of anecdote chat. Um, and New Year's—we've we've spent a few of them together, Mike, me and you over the years in different places different parts of the country have you got a a memory or a a fun story of new year that you've experienced over the years that that you want to share with everybody here
1: nothing that i am willing to share i've shared so much i've shared so much (laughs) i think you should kick us off steve i think you should let me ask like what has been the most memorable new year that you've ever had in your entire life and why so
0: there's there's been a few i guess we've 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 done a few like i say we've done a few where we've where we've gone a little bit um worse for wear and and uh, uh consumed a lot of alcohol i mean the new year of the millennium was obviously a memorable one because we were in in fancy dress i i believe i may have been dressed as zorro that night i think if I remember rightly, and and yourself, were you did you go as Bond that? Oh, television? I went very safe. I went, you went so safe. I yeah. went so
1: safe. I dressed as James Bond in a tuxedo, and you were Zorro um, uh, for that night. And and I missed most of the night, to be perfectly honest with you. So I I wasn't around a lot. I think I appeared on the scene around one in the morning.
0: Oh no, you were there for midnight. I'm sure you were there for midnight. But no, um...
1: no, I no, I I spent no. So here it is. I spent the millennium by myself in my bed in my
0: chalet on my own you're right you did i could well that that was the period and and i know that because i was working i was dressed as the red power ranger in an indoor venue that had the confetti cannons I, I don't know if i've told this story on the podcast before but it was new year's eve it was the millennium a lot of excited people in this venue we did the countdown and and they'd put these pyrotechnic Confetti cannons, and there were big ones. They had about four pipes on them each that shot confetti across the whole building. But one of them that was clamped on had sort of drooped and was pointing downwards, and I hadn't noticed this. So bear in mind, I'm dressed, like I say as a Red Power Ranger, and the cannon was now aimed directly at me. I'm oblivious to this. We get the three, two, one, Happy New Year! And all I felt was an intense rush of pain to my nether regions as the plastic cap that bursts off the top of the confetti cannon came full pelt and what felt like in slow motion towards me and hit me directly in the groin. I hit the floor <laughs> as you would imagine with, with that kind of pain and I just remember um, speaking to the guy who was on the spotlights and he said to me, Steve, I I, I looked out. And I just saw you drop and disappear from view. And I wonder what the heck was going on. I thought you'd, you'd had a seizure or something, but no, <laughs> it was just because yet again, for my art, I took a, an injury yeah, to, the, to the to groin.
1: There was a theme with your crotch as an accident <laughs> happening. Now, I do, re- I do remember this, the fact that you got hit in the in the nutsack with a confetti
0: cannon. Um, and this is only a few months after my famous um, injury. Yeah, and... Um, um,
1: like if you can imagine this Lycra costume, it's very padded on top because it, it like you've got padded muscles, but on the bottom it's just, well it's just you it, was and the, uh, <laughs> it was all me. It was all me. You and your strap, isn't it? That's all it really
0: is. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so that was that was uh, that was telling Happy New Year. Here's a kick in the balls. So yeah, it was it was genuinely one of the the strangest uh, New Year's, but you know we had a great time that night. We went out. We did get absolutely wasted. Um, no, no,
1: you did. No, so so I, I must admit the story. So, go on, um, tell and us all what really the full happened. Full details of what really happened that night. But I, I was with another friend that night who then said, we're not going to see each other for New Year because my other friend was singing in, in a venue. And he said, we should just drink some vodka and, uh, and we should bring in the New Year, the Millennium, just with ourselves. And I said, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. Steve, we drank a litre bottle of vodka in 25 minutes. Wow. And I am yeah, and I was in that show with you, as you know. And I went to costume to go and get ready, and I remember spilling over a giant kind of um a you know a giant pot of of needles and and stuff all over the floor, and then trying to pick them up, but just picking carpet up and just putting carpet back <laughs> into the uh, into the bowl. And I remember there was another cast member just staring at me, like wondering what the hell's happened. So. As, as what happened, the management kind of came in, they saw me and they took me into the management room and then they sat me in a chair and they went, have you been drinking? And I was like, no, of course I haven't been drinking. They went, have you been drinking? I went, no, of course. And they went, stand up. And I stood up and I could not stand straight and I was wobbling all over the place and stuff. <laughs> and I was told, right, you've been drinking clearly. I mean, I must've been stinking of vodka. I mean, it was so obvious. Um, and I was so stupid as well. And it was one of the big regrets that I missed the millennium because I got told go home, uh, go back to your chalet, go to your bed, do not leave that chalet, if you get, if you're seen outside that chalet, you will lose your job, and, and that'll be it, and, uh, and I did, and I went back, and then I remember waking up to the fireworks, and, uh, and the noise, and going, oh, well, it's the new century, Uh, happy new year, you know, feeling a bit glum, a bit sorry for myself, but I might as well just carry on sleeping and i felt really bad and i was really worried about what happened the next day and then suddenly maybe about an hour later there was just like knocking at my door and it was you and a few of the other guys outside going mike mike and i'm like and i remember opening the door to you guys and going i can't i can't leave if i get if i if i get seen out of here i'm gonna get fired and uh and well i mean you can take the, the rest of the story because you were there
0: well i'd i'd been i'd sort of had a word with the management team and gone look it's the millennium and the he was just got a little bit carried away and you know he's he's not he's not a bad guy and you know so i'd had that conversation with them and and uh, our rent manager at the time said look he's still going to get punished for what he's done but i tell you what for tonight it is it is the turn of a millennium you don't get those every day you know it's a once in a once in a thousand years so once in a thousand years yeah, yeah. exactly so Go and get him from his from his uh, from his chalet and take him out for the night and have a good night and just forget about this for now. Yeah? Just go and have a good time. But you didn't believe when I told you this, you didn't believe me. <laughs> like I was trying to set you up for, for getting in trouble. Um, but eventually, because we all reiterated this, you, you eventually believed us and and you popped your. T- no, you tux literally back on. kicked
1: down my door. I wasn't answering my door, you, you kicked my door in to get me out. Um, and I'm glad you did, to be honest with you. And then I didn't drink. So just for the record, I went out and I drank water the entire night. Um, I didn't drink a sink because I wanted to show my remorse and stuff. And the management team was was in the venue and I went and spoke to them. So like, I'm really sorry. I was silly. I've soaped up now and I'm drinking water. I'm not even drinking tonight. And they were like, yeah. And For, for goodness knows why? I actually didn't get disciplined for that. They just kind of went, "Yeah, you know what? You did it. You repented. You missed the millennium because you you spent it by yourself <laughs> and didn't spend watching Steve get you know hitting the knackers with a cannon. Um, just don't do it again. And I never did. And and I think that was that was the last time I really got into any serious trouble. I think I've always been pretty well behaved since then.
0: I, th- I think so. Or well, you've never been caught, at least. <laughs> I've never
1: been caught. Never been caught. So that was my millennium. That yeah. was uh, that's what I did. I spent it. Uh, by myself in a single bed in a, a one-room chalet with <laughs> just a toilet.
0: Fantastic. Well, look, thank you, thank you Mike, for, for opening up and sharing those stories. I know it's not always easy to air these things, especially sort of 20-odd years later. So thank you for that. And uh, and to all of our listeners out there, we hope um you've had or have a fantastic new year, that 2022 brings you everything that you want um, and that includes season two of The Last Resort so um, Mike it's the last one of the year I'm going to leave it up to you to give us your last words to see us out of the, uh, of the year and uh, we'll see you all again in 2022
1: Happy New Year everyone and thank you
0: Bad Scripts was written and performed by Mike Galea and Steve Jones a Beachtide production